Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and today I'm being joined by Tim Pollard. Tim is the team leader for the Kids Explore the Bible team. So, Tim, thank you for being with us today as we look at session 12 of our study of Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. Today, we're looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 through chapter 4, verses 6. The focus here is on relationships and the main idea is that believers live and relate differently as a result of the gospel. There are three main areas that are being looked at here. We're looking at in our families, in our work, and in our interactions. That first section, uh, in our families, that comes from verses 18 through 21 of chapter 3 of Colossians. Uh, In these verses, Paul called for Christian wives to submit to their husbands, and for the Christian husband to love their wives and children to be obedient to parents. The main point here is that believers should foster healthy family relationships. Verses 22 through 4.1 talk about our work. In this section, Paul challenged slaves to do what they were called upon to do in a way so as to bring honor to Christ. He also called on masters to fairly treat their slaves knowing that they would be held accountable by God. We're going to talk about a little bit more about that issue of slave-master relationships uh, here in just a little bit, Tim. So be ready for that question. Okay. Um, the, uh, the main point here is that believers can demonstrate Christ in how we work and lead. So obviously we're looking at that passage in, sen- in the sense of employee-employer. But we'll talk more about that in a minute, too. Uh, the third section is inner interactions, and that's verses 2 through 6 of chapter 4. In these verses, Paul emphasized the role of prayer in the believer's interactions with others. By regularly praying for opportunities to share Christ with others, believers would then be more aware of how they relate to non-believers and how they use their words. The main idea here is that believers should depend upon prayer to guide them as they interact with others. So we have a lot of different issues for us to address in this passage. A lot of uh, hot potatoes, too. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us for this particular session. (laughs) This first question I want to ask is, how is the family important to our witness to the world? Well, I mean, obviously, family is important to uh, our witness to the world, um, but part of uh, what makes it so important is um, our relationship. As you've already said, I mean, this whole session is really about relationships. So it's relationships between husband and wife and uh, parents and children and master-slave relationships, uh, employee-employer, things like that. So and the world, as we know, is always looking at us, but just to kind of add a little bit of context as to where we are right here, you know, this is a perfect jump off of last week's session uh, where we looked at the first half of uh, this letter or this chapter mm-hmm. and really 
I'm going to give you the the Tim version paraphrase of what Paul really said, and and that is, hey, if you really are a believer in Christ, then you need to act like you are. Um, so that's kind of what the first part of that chapter really says. And to build onto those relationships, that's that's kind of what he's talking about. He's like, you know, if you if you're if you're professing to be a Christian and professing to be a believer, then you really need to act like you are, and not just in public, but certainly in the home. And I think that's where the the conversation about family really becomes important, where Paul really just begins to to kind of talk to the spiritual head of the household. What is what is the husband's role as the head of the household and how can the wife and the and the children submit to that uh, authority and leadership um, through those discussions? So really, verses 18 through 21 kind of are, are, are really like that summary. This is, this is what you need to look like if you've been raised with Christ. Uh, so yeah, if you're, He's saying in those in the first verses, verses 1 through 17, you need to live a different life. And here's three ways where you can see it. You can see it in how you relate to your spouse, how you relate to your kids, mm-hmm. how you relate job, how you relate to other people how that's lived out in practical terms. He's really given us a practical way to, to do what he said in verses one through 17. That is exactly right. And, and I'll throw this out there too. So this is a, a fun little connection to what kids are going to be studying this week uh, because our session uh, in Kids Explore the Bible is uh, about the end of David's life where he is turning over his kingdom to his son. Um, and in that fatherly role, David is really giving Solomon some helpful advice on how to live his life um, in basically the the example that David had given him. So, you know, follow follow the example that I've given you and do everything that you do as unto the Lord, which is Paul's admonition to the church here. So uh, the connections uh, between David and Solomon's relationship and, and what you're talking about here really are are pretty clear. It's kind of fun to see things come together sometimes when we didn't know they were going to. (laughs) Um, Verse 19 talks about being bitter toward your wife. What did Paul have in mind here when he's talking about that in in Colossians 3? Well, that word that Paul used there, um, we translated as bitter, but been translated in, in a couple of other ways as well. Could also mean be harsh or be irritating. Don't go picking at your wife, you know, don't be, don't be, don't be a jerk. Um, but because the husband's responsibility really is not to abuse his authority. And I think a lot of times uh, what Paul really means by that is, you know, respect your wife in the same way that you respect other relationships that you have. Um, so, you know, if, if we remember where we're, where we are, if, if we're, truly believers and we needed to live like we are and one of the things that paul tells us to do is to to not be rude not be harsh don't be irritating towards your wife uh, because that could you know affect obviously that relationship in a great way uh, and make your wife bitter towards you and uh, you know it's christ's example uh, you know i think paul mentioned several times in here you know we're doing this because of christ's example you know, we do, we need to treat our relationships the same way that Christ treats the church. Yeah, the helpful thing here, I think, is looking at the Bible skill 
uh, we are encouraged to compare Colossians 3, 18 through chapter 4, verse 6, you know, there's a whole passage, mm -hmm. to what Paul said in Ephesians 5, 22 through 6, 9, which follows the same outline. Mm -hmm. um, and, and by doing that, then we can look at the similarities, we can look at the differences, how those differences give different nuances to the same thing. Because most folks would, would agree that Colossians and Ephesians were written the same time. Uh, were delivered by the same person as well. So mm -hmm. you you have that you have that advantage when you're looking at these verses uh, to do that comparison so you can see uh, those kind of things. So uh, how does what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus compare with what he wrote here and how does that help us understand what's in Colossians? I think the Ephesians passage kind of expands a little bit on on what Paul has written here and it really kind of focuses on the why behind these commands so uh, you know what is the what is the reason that we should be driven to to act this way and that really comes down to christ's example um, you know we're doing it because of christ's example we want to live our lives in the same way that christ loves the church and uh basically you know all the relationships that we have in our daily lives, you know, family relationships, work relationships, our personal relationship with Christ, our relationships with others outside the family of faith, you know, uh, all of those need to be a reflection of the same way that Christ loves the church. And I think what Paul does in Ephesians is really kind of expand and help the reader to understand that really what we're doing is we're doing it because we love jesus <laughs> and we love jesus just like jesus loved the church so we're going to act in ways and if we do things that are contrary to that then we're really not being examples and we're we're honestly just doing a disservice to our our witness out in the world you know, that, that bible skill can be used throughout the lesson or it could be used as an end as a summary there are a variety of ways that that bible skill could be used but you also have in the teaching plans uh, encouragement to create four teams, you assign one as the wife, one as the husband, one as a child, and one as the father. And they're to paraphrase uh, the, the, set, the verses that are directed towards that individual and put together a kind of a summary statement of what's the main point uh, from that one person's perspective, what Paul is saying here. That'd be a great way to, to involve everybody in the conversation, it would be helpful to you. You know, I could see pros and cons of doing it like this way. If you're in a co-ed class for the wife to be assigned to the husband team, and for the <laughs> men to be assigned to the wife team. Uh, that sounds like fun. Then you would only need two teams. If you did that, you wouldn't necessarily have a child and a father team, but you could do it that way just to see, just to give give folks a different perspective in their conversation there. Now, Moving on from the from the family, we have this idea of slave and master. We do have a pack item, pack item 14, that looks at slavery in the first century. We're going to deal more with that next week when we look at Philemon, because that's a centerpiece of that whole story. But still, we'll deal with it some here, but we don't want to take all the time here because we've got so many other issues, and we want to deal with it some next week. But that pack item does give us some context. But how do we deal with Paul not taking a stand against slavery here? You know, I, it is true that 
Paul never really did speak directly uh, against slavery, but he also never condoned it either. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's something to, to draw out of there. And then, you know, Peter does the same. Uh, we have similarities in, in several places in scripture that, that talk about the same issue. And, you know, it was never really addressed personally, but it, it wasn't ever condo- uh, condoned either, uh, for sure. I think one thing that that is very interesting as you read this passage is, you know, this these letters were written uh, to churches, and the fact that Paul included this little section uh, directed towards slaves says that, you know, they were they were active members of the Colossian congregation. Uh, they were intended to hear this uh, as it was read in worship. So, uh, you know, they weren't. They weren't shunned or outcasts from worship. They were, they were full participating members of the church. Uh, I think one of the things we have to consider too here is that slavery at that time was not necessarily about race as much as it was about, you know, you, you had generals who had uh, armies, they won a battle. And so the folks they conquered, instead of annihilating them, they made them servants or slaves. Mm-hmm. You also had punishment for crime, some form or fashion. And it also was a way to deal with debts, uh, repaying a loan or those kind of things. It's really a different kind of way of thinking about it uh, than how we may think about it in today's terms. I'm not trying to justify it with that. I'm just saying it's right. not quite the same, which is why in the lesson, we're taking the approach of looking at how this relates to uh, the employee-employer relationship and trying to apply it from that, that if we are employees, then we need to work as if we're working for the Lord. And if we are the employer, we need to treat people with dignity and with respect. So you see that same, those same principles carried out here. Um, One more thing in this passage is the role of prayer. It's expressed multiple times. Uh, what are some practical ways of praying for the expansion of the gospel in light of this passage? <laughs> well, I gave you this, this snarky, simple answer, obviously, is, well, just do that. <laughs> pray, pray for the expansion of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. But the passage really does kind of give us, I mean, you know, Paul really lays out three ways that practically we can do that. Um, First one is just to be devoted, be devoted in your prayers. Uh, Don't give up on God, basically, is what he's saying. You know, even though you don't see movement, maybe uh, through your prayer, uh, that doesn't mean that God isn't working. You know, we know that that God listens to our prayers and we know that he hears everything that we do pray. And we know that God does answer. Um, So, you know, we just need to be faithful in, in honoring that and believing that. So, uh, devotion is one. The, the second one is just, uh, he says, stay alert, uh, pay attention. And I think I always go back to Peter, James, and John in the in the garden uh, when Jesus is off praying. You know, Jesus is totally, completely, fully aware of what is about to happen. Uh, you know, he, it, it's not going to come as a surprise to him in, in three hours when he gets arrested. Uh, but the disciples don't have that same knowledge. Uh, but, you know, Jesus finds him snoozing by a rock three times. Uh, so, 
you know, I think Paul's admonition is exactly the same thing that Jesus said to them, you know, wake up, stay alert. So when we are praying, I think a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in rote prayers, maybe uh, we get into a habit of saying the same things over and over in our daily prayer life with God. And, um, you know, God is just asking us, stay alert, uh, pay attention, pay attention to me, pay attention to, to what you're praying as well. The last thing he says is just to be grateful, be thankful to God for hearing your prayers, be thankful for what God is going to do through your prayers. Um, you know, God, God deserves our thanks uh, for the answers that he's given us to our prayers, even don't, when we can't see those. Don't you find it, I, I like to use the word comforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that Paul had to remind people so many times to pray because there's so many times I think, man, I, I missed the mark on prayer. I just don't pray as enough, pray like I should pray as much as I should. And that I'm the only one that struggles with that, but it sure doesn't feel that way when I'm looking at this section of Colossians that, no. that he had to remind this group of believers to keep praying. And, and in a way he's reminding himself too. I mean, he's in, He's in house arrest when he's writing this. Exactly. And so the three things that you pointed out was devotion, pay attention, and be grateful. Exactly. And for us to think through how we pray that way. Are there any key ideas or thoughts that you that we haven't talked about that you would like to share that that are in this passage in Colossians 3, 18 through chapter 4, verse 6? I don't really think so. I mean, I, I think we've kind of hit on the the biggest topics of the that letter. Yeah. Even if even if you're not planning on referring to Ephesians five during the the group time, it would be wise for us as a teacher to just go ahead and make a chart and look at Colossians here, Colossians three eighteen and following, and Ephesians five twenty two and following, and just compare those two as part of our preparation. Even if we don't bring it up in the group time, it will help us be better prepared to lead this Bible study with our group this Sunday. Tim, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate it as always. Next week, we'll be looking at session 13. Bob Bunn will be joining me, and we'll be looking at Philemon. We'll be focusing on verses 8 through 21. We'll be looking at the responsibility that we as believers have to forgive others since we too have been forgiven.